Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. Good morning, Lift Church. How we doing? Man, worship was so good. I, I am privileged to be the student pastor here, and I just want to say it was amazing this morning. Like, all glory to God for that, because the student, like, can we just give God some glory for what he's doing through the next generation? Like, our church is secure. I have no, no doubt, because I'm not singing, but Emmy's rocking, Jesse's rocking. It was amazing, and we have people serving all throughout our experience. Listen, for the next 25 minutes, what we're going to do is hear from five speakers that are near and dear to us. One, they've all spoken at youth, and two, I was blessed just by reading their notes with Pastor Drew. We got to see what they're speaking about today, so for the next five minutes, I'm going to invite them up, but for the next five minutes, we're going to have each one of them speak, and at the end, we'll close it out. We are so excited, so encouraged. Listen, this is what I want to do. Yeah, let's go ahead and celebrate them. Come on now. Good stuff, but this is what I want to do. Like, I was thinking about this, like, I, I don't know if y'all can relate to this, but Christmas Eve, right, when you're about, when you're sleeping, and you can't really sleep because you know Christmas is the next morning, and you're going to receive something, right, and what I want to do is take a time for us to pray, but I'm just going to pray that we would receive this morning, right, that we would receive something from each and, one, each and every one of these speakers, and I actually want to just read this verse before I pray, because I'm going to ask you guys just as we pray to turn your hands towards heaven, Right, And this is simply why Psalms 28.2, it says, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. All we're going to say is just like Christmas morning, we, we want to receive a gift, we put our hands out. As I pray, however you feel comfortable, would you just turn your hands towards heaven as we pray? God, I thank you so much for what you're doing through this church. God, I thank you for the next generation that is lifting up your name that is coming to know you. And today, I pray that freedom would be proclaimed through you, God, that we would feel your presence as we move through these speakers and we would enjoy this time together. God, we just want to receive. This is our act of faith, putting our hands towards you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we all agreed by saying amen. Hey, can you give it up for the five for five? Let's do this thing. Come on, I'm so excited for another opportunity to speak again. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you all on the topic of time, and when it comes to time, we, we often hear things like time is money, uh, time, is of essence, uh, time is of the essence. I heard someone say in a song once, you can't buy back time, that's just not how it works. And what I found over the course of my life is that time waits for no man and time waits for no woman. The clock just keeps on ticking. And there's this story that I was reading in the book of Genesis a few months ago. And towards the end of the story, you'll see that uh, Joseph's brothers were going back and forth with their father over whether or not Joseph could, um, whether or not the youngest son, Benjamin, could go on a journey with uh, his brothers to go buy food and provision from Joseph. And after the back and forth went on for quite some time, uh, it finally led to one of the sons named Judah to speak up in Genesis chapter 43, verses 8 and 10. And in verse 8, Judah said, he said, send the boy with me and we will be on our way otherwise we will all die of starvation and not only we but you and our little ones verse 10 if I had a verse for 2021 this is my verse of the year Genesis 43 10 Judah said if we hadn't wasted come on he said if we hadn't wasted all this time we could have gone and returned twice by now and come on I want to focus on that this morning 
if we hadn't wasted. Because I feel like many of us in this auditorium, maybe some of you online, I know myself, I deal with this. We, we live our lives as if we have this extended period of time here on earth, not realizing that time is a precious and valuable commodity that God has given us. And it's not something that we should be wasting. So wherever you are in your walk with the Lord today, I just want to give you all uh, one quick point on how we can maximize the time that God has given us here on earth. And wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, I believe this one point could start the healing process for your relationships today. I believe this one point could give you the faith to step out of the boat onto the water. And I believe this one point could change the trajectory of your life if you apply it and if you allow it to this morning. So for those of you taking notes, my one point is stop waiting. Stop waiting. And the Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 14, yet you do not know about what may happen in your life tomorrow. You are merely a vapor that is visible for a little while, then lives forever, then has time to waste. No, no, no. You are merely a vapor that is visible for a little while, then vanishes. And I wrote it down this way in my notebook. I said, translation, life's short. Life is short. And I know I can't be the only one who's been caught in a disagreement with a family member that lasted longer than it should have because you were thinking, well, they did that to me, so I'll get back at them like this. I know I can't be the only one who's seen a friendship gone bad due to miscommunication and neither party did anything to fix it. Now that person who you've been best friends with since birth, you've been best friends for the past five to ten years, you, you've walked through some valleys with this person, you, you've celebrated on some mountaintops, you've seen them go through hell and high water, now you don't even know what's going on in their life anymore. I know I can't be the only one who's missed out on a few opportunities because of my fear, and I can't be the only one who's continually kept pushing off letting someone know about the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's funny because our hindsight is always 2020. Anytime we look back in life, we always have the answers. We know what we could have done, what we would have said, how we would have had more confidence, how you would have stopped putting work over spending time with your family, how you wouldn't have cheated on your husband, how you wouldn't have walked out on your wife, how you would be treating your parents if they were still alive. Anytime we look back, we always have the answers. And what did it say in verse 10? It said, we could have gone and. And while he looked back, Judah realized what they could have done if they hadn't wasted so much time. And here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that reflections can, can often bring us regrets. Reflections can bring us what ifs. Reflections can show us the areas where we were lacking, show us just how indecisive we can be as people at times. But if we would be like Judah, who decided to speak up after no one would make a decision, and after the back and forth went on for too long, I believe that we would have some better reflections in life. So as I close, I just want to encourage you all this morning to stop waiting to forgive those family members, that friend or that coworker who might have hurt you. Can I tell you, they probably miss you. You know you miss them. Stop waiting. Start your healing process today. We've got to stop waiting to pursue every risky opportunity that God has placed on our hearts because here's what's going to happen. Three years will pass by from now. You'll look back on this moment in time three years from now and say, why am I still harboring over the same decision that I was trying to make three years ago? Listen to me. If God has placed a business on your heart, stop waiting. Start your business now. If you want to get your income up and provide a better life for you and your family and you've been considering going back to school stop waiting go back to school now if you don't feel fulfilled by your current occupation you got to stop sitting around talking about how much you don't like your boss how much you don't get along with your coworkers. you got to stop waiting move on to your next opportunity now and can I remind you all this morning that salvation is not just for you it's not just for the five of us up here with a microphone salvation is for everyone so if there is someone that God has placed on your hearts we have got to stop waiting and share about the life-changing transformative power that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ now church time is not slowing down we have got to stop waiting and we have got to stop living a life where we're always being caught up in petty arguments and bitterness 
and constant strife, letting indecisiveness and fear surround us at every corner. And we have got to start living a life that we can look back on and say, you know what? My time was not wasted. Thank you all. Sorry, that was some good stuff. I'm actually reading a book right now called uh, The Power of the 1440 by uh, Tim Timberlake, and it's about time and, and your minutes in the day. So I recommend that. That was good. So I was asking the Lord what I should uh, speak about today. He reminded me of a time when I was about six years old, and uh, I loved climbing monkey bars. I had just learned, and uh, every time I, I had monkey bars around, I would climb them and show people off. Maybe it was a pride issue, but that's not what we're talking about today. So, um, you know, I was, I was at this... Uh, get together at my house and there was this um, girl that I was hanging out with and she was on the ground and I was about to climb these monkey bars but the problem was um, it had rained that day and they were wooden. So if you don't know anything about wooden monkey bars, they get very slippery when wet. So I asked the girl, hey, should I climb these monkey bars? And it was already in my mind that I'm gonna climb the monkey bars anyway. But I asked her and she said, no, it's not a good idea. You shouldn't do it. But what did I do? You know, fun, I'm fun, I'm adventurous. I went anyway. One, two, fell down on the ground, dislocated my arm broke my arm. It was very nice. Uh, so my whole summer was ruined. Um, I had a cast like above my elbow and it really sucked. Um, and if I had just listened to the perspective of her on the ground, or if, if I had just listened to what she had said, it would have saved me from a lot of danger. It would have saved me from a ruined summer. It's crazy how the three foot drop in a bad perspective caused that much damage. My friend had a different perspective than me. She saw how wet the monkey bars were. She saw how dangerous it was, yet I didn't listen. And what I'm saying, as God's children, we've got to get a different perspective sometimes. We've got to get a heavenly perspective where, where we're, we're going into the word of God, where we're spending time with Jesus and asking him for his thoughts because they're so much higher than ours. It says in verse in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, thank God, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Thank God that his thoughts aren't like mine. Thank God that, that, that his ways aren't like mine because you know that I can mess up sometimes. I can think some bad stuff. So what I mean by that different perspective is spend time with him and ask him for that perspective. Ask for his ways, ask for his thoughts because they're perfect and he's wise. He has the wisdom that we're looking for. He, he loves us, so he wants to give it to us. We have access to that. How crazy is it that we have access to the thoughts of our creator, that, that he loves us enough to give us the wisdom and, and his thoughts so we can make these, these decisions that instead of, you know, falling down on the ground and we can save ourselves from, from, from all these mistakes or these bad decisions just by going to our creator. It's that simple. It says in uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, I'm just going to read verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When I leaned on my own understanding, I fell off the monkey bars instead of leaning on the one who, who had the perspective. So what I'm saying is every day we make decisions. They could be big, they could be small. Maybe you're going through some decisions right now. Maybe it's whether you want to go back to school or not. Maybe it's uh, a job decision. Maybe it's, you know, the day-to-day -day decisions that we make, the way we talk to people. Uh, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the way that we respond. Maybe we're struggling with 
uh, responding with anger or annoyance. But if we would just go to the Lord and spend time with him and ask him for his perspective on someone, ask him for, for his heart for someone, maybe ask him, what am I supposed to do? Because this is what I want, but I want what you want. Because I trust that your ways are, are so much better than, than what I could imagine. So if we would just go to the Lord and spend time with Jesus because he wants, he wants to spend time with us. So why don't we just go to him? He, he loves us and he has what we need. If we would just go to him, we, we could save ourselves from that fall. I'm not saying redemption isn't possible because it is with God. God is the redeemer, but, but why go through all that turmoil when he can just save you now, when he, when he has what you need? He has what's best for us in mind because we are his children and he loves us. So, so all that being said, what I'm asking you today is how can you invite Jesus into your day-to-day? Thanks. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Mackenzie. That was good. Um, I just want to start off by just saying that I'm just thankful to be, and just feel really honored to just be up here and just to talk to you guys today. So um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, the verse I want to talk to you guys about today, it's found in Revelation 4. And um, it's John who writes the book, and um, he hears a voice from heaven. And this is what it says. It says, come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after this. Come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after this. See, um, so this is John. This is the same John who was a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. But he hears a voice that says, come up here. He was being invited into something deeper, into something higher. And the reason I want to talk to to you guys about this verse is because I believe that for every person here today, we have that same invitation to come up here. And now just to be clear, I don't mean literally like today we get to ascend into heaven with our physical bodies, but we're invited into something more, into something higher. Like, we're invited to experience the things of heaven. It says in Colossians 1, it says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, we've been blessed with. That means that all the resources of heaven, we have access to. All the power of heaven, all the wisdom of heaven, we've been invited to experience. But, can I tell you... Even more than any of those things, what John would go on later in the chapter to describe is far more important, which is the one who's seated on the throne in heaven. It's Jesus. Like, we're invited to come up and to come close to Jesus. That's our primary calling. And can I just tell you that it's not just an invitation for a Sunday morning when we're in this room for 20 minutes while we're singing a few worship songs, that it's available for us every moment of every day like no matter what we're doing like let's say you're at work like you have an opportunity to just simply pray and to draw close to Jesus if you're at home you can just simply thank him for what he's done for you for who he is or just no matter where you're at you can just worship him and you can draw close to him um I have a problem when I'm driving with 
road rage. I hope I'm not the only one in here. Can anyone relate? Yeah, I see a few hands. That makes me feel kind of good. <laughs> but like all the time, I'll just it just feels like every other car around me, like they've never driven in their life, right? <laughs> and and like I do a lot of driving for work, so I, I would just be driving down the road and like listening to some worship music and like somebody cuts me off and immediately I get mad, I want to say something. But the thing is, I have a choice in that moment. I can get caught up in the things going on around me or I can respond to the invitation from Jesus saying, come up here, come up higher. Like no matter what you're going through, whether like you have um, like a situation or a person that you're just like have a fence over or you're just living in bitterness or unforgiveness towards somebody or there's a sin in your life you just keep going back to hoping it'll satisfy you. Jesus is saying, come up here. I've got something better for you. And that's our invitation every day. Just come up here. Come up higher. It's just simply responding to Jesus. So thank you. Hello. How y'all doing? So, so great, Joel. I'm so grateful for the invitation to just come to the Father. Um, but today I'm going to be talking about um, discipleship and what it means to be a disciple, um, to lead people into discipleship. Um, so I'm calling this message, this is for everybody. So I don't know about y'all, but, you know, when something new happens in my life, you know, I get, uh, I learn a new recipe or, you know, I can't relate to this one, but I get some new fishing gear or <laughs> I get a new Amazon thing. I want to tell everyone about it. I'm calling my friends. Hey, girl, guess what? Guess what I got? You know, it's so good. Guess what I got? And I believe that the same thing is supposed to ring true about our relationship with God, that God has been too good to us, that God's been too faithful, too loving, too compassionate for me to keep him to myself. And Jesus invites us into this place of, hey, this salvation, this um, time with me, who you are in me is not just for you, but it's for everyone else. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are all created to be in close relationship with God. But it doesn't just stop there. We're created to lead others into a relationship with the Father. No matter how far gone you may think they are, no matter what you think that they've done, we are called to lead others to the Father. So in this scripture, it says um, to go and make disciples. And I think that we can overthink uh, the word disciple. A disciple is simply a personal follower of Jesus, someone who follows him. And, you know, as we lead people, as we walk with people in their faith journey, we have to be sure that we aren't just leading people to ourselves. You know, like, I don't need, we don't need more people like Cache in this world. We don't need more people like this. We need more people who are like Jesus, who love like Jesus, who sees like Jesus, the king. So if we, you know, went into our workplaces, into our schools, into our families, leading people to our savior, how much more will our environments change? You know, how much will things change? So as I was going through this process, I was thinking about um, the woman at the well in Samaria. Um, you know, she was going, you know, getting some water at the well with her jar, and um, she had met Jesus. 
And not only was she met by Jesus, Jesus knew everything there was to know about her. And she was so captivated by who he was and what he was saying that she had to tell everyone. She couldn't contain it. She left the jar and she ran to go tell everyone, I've met the Messiah. The Messiah is here. So from that story, I want to take you guys through three keys of discipleship and what discipleship could and should look like. First is that we have to go. In, verse, uh, in John 4, verse 28 to 29, it says, So the woman left her jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? We have to make the decision to go. Now, I can't promise that you won't have to leave anything. There may be sacrifice involved, but what you'll pick up is so much greater than anything that you could ever put down. Right? This lady came to fill her jar, but she left without the jar because who she met was who um, changed everything, who, who could truly satisfy every single part of her soul that that, war, that that well in that jar could never satisfy. Right? So she had to go. She's running. She's running. She had to go tell someone what he had done. In verse um, 39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. I don't know about y'all. I'm a little nosy. But I think all of us in this room are moved by personal stories. As humans, we are moved by personal stories. Why? Because it stirs up a faith and a hope inside of me that if he did it in their lives, if he did it in my life, if he, if he, if he delivered me from my addiction, if he saved my marriage, if he healed my child, how much more can he do it in their lives? Right? It put in a fresh hope that, hey, he did it in them. He's going to do it in me. Right? But that's just the beginning. Me telling you what Jesus did in my life is just the beginning. Because three, we have to give them direction. Right? In verse 41 of 42, it says, And many more believe because of his word. He said to, to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So discipleship didn't stop at what she told them. Discipleship only began there. but It continued when they learned what he had to say. Right, when their foundation was not what I had to say, but the foundation was the very words and promises of the Lord that never fail, right? Because I may fail, but his words never do. His promises never fail, and none of his words return void. So we have to lead them into a place where um, their foundation is the Lord and not us. Um, I know personally this same outline is how I'm standing here today, and the person's actually here today who <laughs> led me in this way, but she had to go, right? She came to yoga with me. She went shopping with me because I have a little bit of a shopping problem, but she, she went, Right, she told me what the Lord had done in her life, not just by what she said, but how she lived her life. And I remember we went to go get coffee, and I was like, how are you happy all the time? She said, it's joy from the Holy Spirit. Captivated. I wanted more of God. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to know him more, and I have never turned back since that day. So I want to give you guys an invitation that, and let you know that God wants to use every single person in this room. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, where you think you're going. God wants to use you. But will you go? What's up, everyone? How you guys doing today? I have to follow up all these guys. My goodness. Hey, well, um, recently I feel like God has been speaking to me and, and showing me some new things about the what if. Like, have you ever gone through uh, an anxious situation or a tough circumstance and your mind went to the what if before you had faith? Like, maybe you're in this place today and, and you thought th these questions. You thought, what if I have cancer? What if I die? What if I get COVID? What if I lose my job? What if I can't provide for my family? What if my marriage doesn't work out like I thought it would? 
And the thing is, these are just some of the what-if questions that go through our minds every single day when, when we run into tough circumstances and, and anxious situations. But do you know that in Exodus 3 that Moses did the same thing? That he also dwelt on the what-if? If you read Exodus 3, God and Moses are having a conversation, and, and God sends Moses down to Egypt to let the Israelites go. And if you read this passage of Scripture, God literally gives Moses step-by-step step of what's going to happen. Like he tells Moses, he says, Moses, you're going to go down to Egypt and you're going to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. But Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. So, so I'm going to send some plagues. And once I send those plagues, then you, you will be free and you'll be able to leave. And God told him exactly what was going to happen. But here's the thing. Even though Moses knew the plan, even though Moses knew that God was going to be with him the whole time, even though Moses knew that he already had the victory, he still thought of the what if before he had faith. In Exodus 4 verse 1, this is what Moses says. He says, Moses answered, what if? What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? He's saying, God, what if this doesn't work? What if you don't show up like you said you would? What if I look like an idiot? What if I die? What if, what if, what if? And how many of us do the same exact thing? Well, we know the promises of God. We know that God will be with us in every circumstance and every situation. We know that we already have the victory because of Jesus who died on the cross and rose on the third day. But once our marriage becomes a little shaky, once we wait for that lab report to come back from the doctors, our minds go to the what if before we have faith. You know, about three years ago, I went to a random doctor's visit and they found a mass in my right hip. And I remember they sat me down very clearly and they said, Jordan, there's a possibility that you might have cancer. And for the next couple of months, I had to go to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and do a whole bunch of tests. And thank God that now they found out it's not cancer. But I can tell you during that whole entire process, all I could think about was the what if. What if I have cancer? What if this is extremely painful? I'm only 18 years old. What if I die? What if, what if I leave my family here when I die? What if, what if, what if? And I started to think about this when I was preparing for today. And I, and I thought, what do you do when your mind dwells on the what if? If you're taking notes, you, I encourage you to write this down. When your mind goes to the what if, focus on the I am. When your mind, focus, when your mind goes to the what if, focus on the I am. You know, Exodus 3 verse 14, uh, God says to Moses, he says, I am who I am. You know, pretty much God's telling us, I am blank. Who do you need God to be in your season right now? Because God can be different things in different seasons. And maybe you're in this place today and, and you need a provider. You're wondering to yourself, what if I lose my job? What if I can't provide for my family? Who's going to be your provider today? And God says, I am. Maybe you're in this place today and you need a healer. You're waiting for the lab reports to come back, or you're wondering, what if I have cancer? Who's going to be your healer today? And God says, I am. A comforter, a deliverer, a strong foundation to stand upon. Who's going to be that for you today? And God says, I am. So instead of focusing on the what if, you have to turn your mind back to who God is. So instead of focusing on what could be or what might happen, I want to focus on my champion, my victor, my God, how good he is, how faithful he is, my provider. He's going to be with me, and that's what I'm going to focus on. And maybe today you're in this place, and you don't really know what the future holds. 
You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And the thing is, even though you're not sure of your future, you can be sure of who God is. Because he doesn't change. He, the Bible tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means if he was a healer 10 years ago, that means he can be a healer today for you. If he restored your parents' marriage 15 years ago, that means he can restore your marriage today. That's where you have to focus on, not worry about the what if, but focus on who God is. Thank you, guys. Come on, can we give it up one more time for all of our five for five? So good. Man, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And these, these people, I mean, come on. God is doing a work. All praise to God. All praise to God. Listen, before we leave this moment, I, I would just ask that as a church body, as a church family, uh, we would just take a moment to pray over them, uh, just to care for them. They're bringing up the next generation of our church, right, wherever the church is. I'm talking about the capital C church, whether that's Lift Church or somewhere else. I know the Spirit's moving through all five of y'all, and I'm so thankful for your friendship, and I'm not going to cry, so let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> Dear God, I thank you for every single word that you spoke through these people this morning. God, that we wouldn't just take this as an opportunity to have a good Sunday, but this would be a starting place for us to have a good eternity, that we would have a good next five years, that we would just enjoy your presence, God, and I thank you for what you're doing in, in them. Lord, that this wouldn't be the end of, I made it, but this would be the start of what you're doing in each and every one of them. God, that this isn't where you want them to stay. You actually have so much more for them. So we pray as a church family, protection over them, that your spirit would guide them. You'd give them wisdom from heaven, that they would move into the places you've called them to move, and we would see earth look so much more like heaven through each and every one of these people, God. And I thank you for everyone in the room that you're giving them the same call. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Hey, let's give it up for them one more time as they exit the stage. What an awesome opportunity.